Hey ladies and gents, welcome to our pre-E3 coverage here at Controlled Interest. This time we're talking about Bethesda. As always, I'm joined by Dom. Praise the sun. Jordan. Actually, Jared, it's pronounced Bethesda. And returning guest for, I think, maybe the third year in a row, uh, Logan Moore. Fallout 76, 2018, Game of the Year. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. All right. Ice uh, cold. Coming in hot, piping hot. Um, <laughs> Logan, obviously from Dual Shockers. If you're not familiar, they do a bunch of uh, video game news and features and stuff like that. So we'll talk about that more at the end of the show. But glad to have you back again for the third year running, Logan. Thank you for having me back. I always enjoy coming on this and talking about all things E3 with you guys before the show kicks off. Man, if only our dreams come true. This one, out of most of the conferences that we're having, is weird. Um, obviously because of what Bethesda's kind of endured the last 12 months since the previous E3. Good lord. Um, and the way... I didn't have an issue with their conference last year, um, but a lot of people felt that it was very um, self-indulgent, right? <laughs> they waited for claps for announcements. They were very much in the moment of the audience loving everything Bethesda now, does. More importantly, Jared, did you have an issue with the material of the bags used in the limited edition? <laughs> I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get into that stuff. The specifically. Fall of 76 by Internet Historian. Solid video. Check it out. Uh, I watched that the other night, actually. The crazy yeah, thing, too, is you know when, when the Fallout 76 stuff happened, we'll get to Fallout 76 later, People thought that there was no coming back from that. Obviously, there always is. And then Anthem happened, and people have kind of forgotten about Fallout 76, and now it's the yeah. Anthem train. So, um, But let's hop into what they did last year in terms of the games and announcements they had and how they reflect on this year's show. So Rage 2 opened the show last year. They had Andrew WK on stage, melting faces with his guitar. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they had the really funny presentation with um, one of the guys from id and one of the guys from avalanche who were both varying heights one guy was like five eight and the other guy was like seven foot tall it was made for <laughs> yeah. a very funny dynamic on stage anyways we got the cinematic trailer for rage 2 we got the gameplay trailer an extended look at it um, we got the release date which was may 14th recently came out and uh, I guess what I want to ask you guys is it didn't come out to great critical reception it's middling right yeah. mid 70s ish yeah, um, yeah. They have a roadmap, like most games do now, and we know that the Rise of the Ghost expansion is set to release in August. Um, I guess it's a two-part question. One, where do you think Rage sits at currently, Rage 2, and do you think we'll see this uh, expansion for sure, like the reveal and teaser trailer for it, Rise of the Ghosts? Oh, definitely. So, they'll, yeah, they'll show it off for sure. Yeah. Even though the uh, first Rage did not do well at all, or, you know, this one is at least middling reviews. I don't even think that Rage 1 could say that much. So um, it it seems like they've at least got something to work with. And I think that, you know, expansions, uh, updates, and just keeping the game alive, they could they could turn it around. Yeah. Rage 1 actually had a higher Metacritic score. Interesting. Oh, did it? Shit. Yeah. What am I it thinking? It was in the, it was in the 80s. it was... Yeah, people Maybe just hated just the good, ending uh, of that game, I think. The ending was, like, the one thing that everybody universally hated because it just was, like, you were playing a mission and then out of nowhere the credits just started rolling just started, and it was, like, yeah. legitimately think, the end of the, the game. There may be also some kind of revisionist history there where people enjoyed it when it originally came out, but yeah. I, I haven't heard a nice word about that game. In Dragon a Age yeah. Inquisition style, yeah. There you yeah, go. We've talked exactly. about that a lot, yeah. 
the way games review and the game way games are talked about after they're released is like totally different from one another right. so yeah. yeah uh yeah i think we'll probably see a trailer for this new expansion or whatever have, have any of you guys played it i just like no, no i've I, i've read quite a bit about it and the thing i'll say is it's it's i was talking about this before it released logan that i was looking for an open world game just to get lost in right i was feeling after Sekiro, i just like want to play yeah. something that doesn't involve a lot of thought right and i was like if it reveals if your review is decently okay, so at least like maybe high seventies, early uh, low eighties, I'll hop into it at launch. The fact that I got middling scores means that like I'm just gonna wait for a sale. I'm not willing to justify yeah. sixty bucks when there's other things I can play. And from what I've read from people's reviews of the game, is that the shooting mechanics and the actual like core gameplay of it is solid. It's just that the open world and the missions and everything around that aren't great. And to yeah. me, yeah. that stuff can be fixed with a solid expansion, right? Because if your gameplay is great and all the stuff around it is bad, if you introduce an expansion with a world that does things right, that can save it. So I have promise for the expansion, but in terms of the base game, I have no interest in getting it anytime soon. Yeah, I've been playing it. It's just, it feels so empty. Like, that's that's the biggest <laughs> oh, criticism man. I have. Like, it's, uh, yeah, there's there's nothing to do in that. Rage. Yeah, the original was like that too. Yeah, there's like nothing to do in that game world unless you head to from point A to point B where the things are actually going on. And they they try to throw some things in there that are fun, like random like little events or whatever, but none of them are great. I don't know. It it, it could have been way better. Would you, would you say that it instead of what we thought it was going to be is a collaboration 50-50 split with Avalanche and id and from what I've read it seems like it's mostly an Avalanche game with like id shooting yeah. mechanics <laughs> yeah I, I think Avalanche was actually the primary developer on it and then yeah. it just kind of like gave them the thumbs up in certain areas like yeah that seems good with th- this area uh, I don't know we, we, we actually interviewed one of the id guys behind it a couple weeks back at Dual Shockers and he kind of told us how the game was segmented with development he said it was mainly an avalanche pursuit so yeah and i mean their primary focus was this because we saw that just cause 4 came out and seemed like a rushed empty hollow game in and of itself yeah it seemed like their yeah. whole focus was on they've been doing too. they've been doing way too much stuff lately because they had that and then they have they had just cause and now they have this and then they released some game generation like um, zero yes generation zero which was like blasted like metacritic yeah. score for that is <laughs> yeah. really terrible like maybe 50s or lower um yeah that game was really really terrible um so yeah they've had a lot of projects going on over there but none of them are good so they need to maybe just slow down for a second yeah and focus yeah um i don't know if there's much else to say about rage 2 are you guys cool moving on Yeah. yeah yeah uh elder scrolls legends so this is an interesting card game it's you know, it's it's not Hearthstone, it's not Magic the Gathering Arena, but it has found a space of some interest. Um, so it was stated actually last year at E3 that it was coming to consoles at the end of 2018. That never happened. Uh, it still hasn't been ported. Um, their latest expansion, because they're doing research for the show, um, it went live on April 14th, and it was titled Alliance Wars. One of the things that I was worried about is that a lot of these card games... Um, they don't find success, or just smaller games in general, and then they disappear. The fact that they did have this new expansion in April means that they are still trying to support it. Um, it is a solid card game in and of its own right. I do think that because it really hasn't found life on PC in the way that Hearthstone and MTG Arena have, it needs to get ported to find value in it, right? So I assume we'll possibly see the ports, likely mobile and Switch before Xbox and PS4, um, but... 
I don't know if any of you guys have tried it out or played it. Do you guys think that it, it not being ported is a, a signal that maybe Bethesda isn't supporting it as much as they wanted to or needed to? That's uh, probably just delayed, right? I, I assume that that'll still happen sometime this year. Yeah. I mean, the, the worry is that they saw that it was the, the support for it was declining so steadily that it wasn't financially um, right for them to invest in porting it. So Yeah. That's yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the I feel like they, if we don't hear from it, then yeah, I think it's definitely like entering the last days. Um, if nothing else, I think we will he- see. They always have a brief segment in these things this year or every year. It seems like where it's like, oh, now let's talk about Elder Scrolls, and they talk about this, and they talk about online, which I'm, we'll talk about here in a second as well. It, it seems like they always touch on all of those like surrounding uh, spinoff franchises that they have, and I'm sure they'll mention this for. 90 seconds or something like that during the presentation yeah my dream honestly is i really hope that it a worst case scenario it makes its way into elder Scrolls 6 as like a gwent type thing because i do think it's a solid fun game but i do worry that it's not sustainable enough on its own right and i just hope that maybe they add it into the world of elder scrolls in the way that gwent was in witcher where it's like a, a side mini game kind of thing right um i think that'd be really cool I really I enjoy it, um, but it isn't necessarily my favorite card game. And I I agree with you, Logan, that if we don't see it, I think it's probably marking the end of days for Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah, what what is the state of card games right now, Jared? You would probably certainly know better than uh, I. So Hearthstone is waning pretty strongly. People have had issues with that game for about the last eighteen months. I just yeah, seems stale. It doesn't seem like Artifact came out to a lot of... Uh, uh, Artifact was <laughs> Artifact's pretty much dead. a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Artifact, is, I think, is like concurrent player base like per 24-hour periods. The, it's peaking at like 750 players. The big Jesus thing for... fucking Christ. Maybe The big lower. thing for Valve right now is Dota 2 Auto Chess, um, which is like a mod that a, a community member made. Um, Artifact, like, yeah, was a, a failure, which is interesting because it was created in collaboration with the uh, man who created Magic the Gathering. Now, wow. Magic the Gathering Arena is actually spiking. It's huge in popularity right now. They're, they've launched the esports scene this year. It's seeing a lot of money come in through Twitch and a lot of different avenues. Um, it's So the funny thing is that Magic had always had digital versions of its game, but they were always like afterthought productions, right? They didn't really have a lot gotcha. of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh... Something production. of life. I'm brain farting. Uh, uh, quality of life. Quality of yes. Quality of life improvements um, that a lot. Facts of life. I was just brain farting, man. I couldn't <laughs> think of facts of life. life. Yeah. yeah so um, with uh, Magic: The Gathering Arena, they actually looked strongly at Hearthstone because it was so successful at the time, and they took a lot of what Hearthstone did right and added it to the game. They recently added yeah. custom card backs and a lot of different avenues for. Um, collecting different customization options for your decks. Uh, it does yeah. have uh, microtransactions in it, but it it's one of those things that they don't feel like great, but they don't feel bad either. It's like they're there because the game is free to play, right? They're not invasive sure. or in your face, but they're not necessarily the best microtransactions on the planet. Um, Sounds one, like that may be rising from the ashes of the other card games. Well, and the thing that uh, Magic has over Hearthstone, and this is a very in-the-weeds card game thing, is that you can interact with your opponent on any turn, either if it's yours or theirs, with instants and flashcards and stuff like that, right? 
The problem with Hearthstone is that it tends to become stale because you can only do things on your turn. So basically, you do your turn, you make your actions, and then you sit there and wait for your opponent to do their turn, and you have no interaction, mm -hmm. right? So whatever they do on their turn happens no matter what. So Magic the Gathering has the plus on its side that you can interact with your opponent on anybody's turn, right? So you always feel like you're in the game. Um, and I think that's the major now, difference. Um, Gwent isn't even totally out yet, is it? That's a. I have no idea, man. There's <laughs> some different versions of. There's some different versions of Gwent. I know there's like, uh, there's like the actual Gwent, which is like you playing against other people, and then they released like a single player campaign right. type thing, like centered around Gwent, that was called Thronebreaker or something like that. I think. Um, I don't I heard think that was they've ever fun. gone full release though, have they? No, I'm not sure. Um, turn the conversation. Also, by the way, artifact. By the way, I just looked it up out of total curiosity it's peak within the last 30 days of concurrent players was 276 yikes whoa um, even less yeah, yeah not great 276 jesus christ that's so bad peak in the last 30 days so that's like not enough to fill some movie theaters that's ridiculous yeah, to to the point i made earlier elder scrolls legends getting ported and it possibly helping it magic the gathering arena is only on pc right now so it would be okay. in Elder Scrolls Legends' benefit to go to these other platforms. Hearthstone isn't on Switch. Magic the Gathering Arena yeah, isn't Switch on Switch. Switch seems like it should have more card games. Yeah, and it doesn't. So um, I, I don't. I just we've seen a partnership with other companies in Nintendo. I don't know, and we've seen obviously yeah. Bethesda port games, and we've seen that they kind of lose quality obviously due to the Switch's power. Elder Scrolls Legends wouldn't lose much going to the Switch, right? It just is it financially viable for them to do it. Who knows? We'll see. It is a cool card game. Uh, I've talked about this before, before we move on. One of the biggest things for me with card games is I want to be invested in the lore of the cards, right? Because card games are very similar in a lot of ways. With Hearthstone, I'm not a huge Blizzard guy, so it didn't really hook me that way. Elder Scrolls Legends, the reason I wanted to try in the first place is because I love the Elder Scrolls universe, right? So I, I think there's a way for them to make it work. It's just... They need to find a hook for themselves, and maybe being the first card game on Switch could be that for people, because there isn't a real card game on there. Hearthstone isn't. Magic Gathering Arena isn't. We'll see. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. So, the Elsewhere expansion is going to be releasing June 4th, so it's actually right before their E3 press conference. We're going to get more info about it. They're probably going to talk about how well Elder Scrolls Online is doing, yada, yada, yada. The cool thing with Elsewhere is that it's introducing dragons for the first time, and it's introducing a necromancer class. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I think people were fearful that because it was successful, it delayed Elder Scrolls 6. I don't think it's ever really delayed it. I think they've had Elder Scrolls 6 in pre-production for a while. Um, I, I want to know from you guys, because I've never been an MMO guy. I'm not that type of person. I tried Elder Scrolls Online. It definitely had a lot of those... Uh, staples of MMO uh, games and you know the yeah. grinding and I, I it just never hooked me is there any way you would guys would want to try other scrolls online does this new expansion interest you at all yeah actually I own the game actually oh, um, wow. I do too <laughs> I've only I own it on Xbox yeah I've only ever played a couple hours though it's kind of it's been something I really have been wanting to get into for like two years now since I've owned it um, I just haven't like I don't know. It just never. I never felt motivated enough to to really dive in fully. I've never given it, you know, a full chance, but I've wanted to. Um, and so they might play into my predictions later about a better way for me to do that. <laughs> oh, nice. Hopefully, it's also the base game is on Game Pass too. So 
Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just one of those games. Like Elder Scrolls Online is a segment of the Bethesda conference every year where I'm like, good for you. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm great to hear it. I have no interest at all. Yeah. Which it is funny because I doing love well Elder Scrolls, enough. But yeah, it's doing really well. Um, the studio that works on it, it's uh, they were founded in 2014. I can't remember the actual name of the studio. It's the only thing they Zenimax work on. ZeniMax Online Entertainment yes, or something like that? Yep, there you go, Logan. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. doesn't do anything for me. Uh, Logan, Jordan, you guys have anything to say about Elder Scrolls Online? Same thing. Like, I bought it. <laughs> I bought it when I bought the version that came with Morrowind. I was like, oh, this seems pretty cool. And then I, I booted it up, and I started it playing for, like, 15 minutes. And then I was like, man... This is an MMO. I forgot about yeah. that, and then I turned it off because I didn't want to play it at the moment, and I've never played it ever again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. 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 Jordan? Yeah, I have uh, not a tough time, but I have uh, – I'm not even always up on the single-player games that I want to play, you know, spending a, feeling like I'm spending enough time with them. And so, no, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be jumping into an MMO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next game is actually one of the titles I'm really anticipating, but I guess because it's a smaller, I assume just because of the price point, it's smaller, it doesn't l- come into my forefront of my mind when I think about my most anticipated games like Breakpoint or Jedi Fallen Order. Wolfenstein Youngblood. So this is the follow-up. Uh, comes out July 26th, which is sooner than I remembered. Coming out at a $30 price point, obviously it features the daughters of yeah, it's like a Blaskowitz. expansion, right? Exactly, yeah. As, they've, as Machine Games done is with both their Wolfenstein entries. Uh, there was New Order, then Old Blood, which is which was the expansion, right. and then New Colossus, and now Young Blood. Um, one of the coolest quotes I've heard is that it feels different than the Machine Games, uh, Machine Games mainline entries. So there's a lot of different gameplay mechanics that they're trying out for the first time. Obviously, yeah. you control the... I don't remember if they're twins. I know they're sisters, but I couldn't remember if they're actually twins or not. Um, I think so. Yeah. I think they are. It's... I just love... Uh, machine games like their two Wolfenstein entries including the expansion um, are some of my favorite games of this generation I think they're very solid in their development and if you're giving me a $30 expansion with BJ's daughters I'm in I can't wait to play this game Um, maybe do you have any insight on this Logan have you guys talked or had hands-on previews with this game at all Uh, we haven't yet no I think um, I I, we we aren't uh, seeing Bethesda at the moment like I'm sure we will but uh I don't, I don't know what we're seeing at the show from them. I assume it'll probably be this. Um, I assume that'll probably be one of the first times they show this because it's coming out in July, right? July 26th. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, we haven't seen it yet, no. I, I think uh, I think it looks super cool, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think the all the Wolfenstein games that have come out this generation are like some of my favorite, and to now dive into that with other people who I know who love those games sounds really fun and it, the, like the structure they've been talking about the structure of the game a little bit more lately and it sounds totally different mm-hmm. than anything I was really expecting like they said it's more open ended and it's not linear uh, like you can there are missions and things like that you can do but you can like choose the order that you do them in and then the layout of the levels are more similar to like Dishonored or something really weird like that cool. so that was the yeah. part that got me excited well, Arcane is uh, helping Dis- with Dishonored this aren't they? awesome Sorry yeah Arcane's yeah, helping Arcane's with helping. this yeah yeah uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds really cool though. It's yeah, thirty bucks and it's out in like eight weeks or something like that. So, uh, Jordan, we often talk about how games really don't take advantage of that late July, early August right time frame. Like yeah. nobody really releases games there. This is coming out late July, so it's cool to see right that Bethesda is taking advantage of that time slot in the calendar. Absolutely, people have got to wake up to 
the just wide open summer months that could be mined for gold. And on top of that, I was also going to say, Jared, that um, this is an example of what I've talked about of going there. You know, they're really doing it, and they they really do it with the whole Wolfenstein series reboot that they've done, where they're not afraid to um, get outlandish or far out with um, some of the things that are going on uh, when it comes to like the alternate history, alternate history Nazi stuff. Um, things like that so uh, this is another example of them not being afraid to kind of step outside the lines and see what they can do speaking of like going there Doom Eternal right we got the we got the reveal last year Um, they showed off that it was going back to Earth obviously and then I believe at uh, QuakeCon we saw a little bit more of the game that's when they had their presentation where they showed uh, like the religious capital area um, I don't even remember what it was called. You know, like it was more white than reds in terms of the the color template for it. Uh, the original, well, not the original, but the you know Doom twenty sixteen the reboot was fantastic. Uh, I I think Dom me and you like couldn't stop talking about that game. Uh, what do you guys expect? So it's set for a twenty nineteen release, which means likely fall, right? The original Doom, I'll say it again, Doom twenty sixteen came out yeah. in I believe March or May. Of 2016, it was like March, yeah. April, May, somewhere May. in there. May, yeah, May. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this game gets pushed to spring 2020. I wouldn't want that. Obviously, I want to play this as soon as possible. Um, I just have a couple of questions for you guys. Like, do you think it will hit 2019 or will it get pushed? And you know, this game, the reason it didn't hit the highs of critical reception was because the multiplayer mode pulled it down pretty extensively. What do you yeah. guys think in terms of them implementing another multiplayer mode? I mean, that's key to like the Doom franchise. How do you guys feel about both of those questions in general? The release date and the addition or subtraction of multiplayer? I have release date thoughts, but I'll save that for my predictions when <laughs> okay. we get that in there. Um, multiplayer, I, I think... Um, didn't they announce that they were doing it in-house this time? Because didn't they outsource it last time and the multiplayer was one development studio doing like solely multiplayer and the single player was, it was it outsourced? or something like that? I'm going to look up real quick to see who it was. I think they said that they're taking a multiplayer in in house this time at ID, which um, to me means like maybe it'll be good. Again, like the problem with multiplayer shooters nowadays is that like it's such a hard market to break into. Like anytime somebody, any, anytime something does come along and break into that market, like Apex Le- Apex Legends, like that's that's an anomaly more than like it is uh, the norm. I think, and I I, I I just don't think that. Like I'm gonna guess, like like Quick Champions, for instance, here, which I know we're gonna talk about in a second. Like that is a totally designed multiplayer experience, top to bottom, that would probably serve that audience more than anything, and that couldn't even find an audience. Um, so it yeah. was sorry to interrupt you. It was Bethesda Game Studios Austin, who was previously the, um, what were they previously called? They're uh, the Brink people, right? Uh, they were previously uh, Escalation Arcane. Studios. They were yep. working on the the hero multiplayer game that got canceled. Battle, Battle Cry. Battle Cry. Yeah, that sounds about right. The fact that it's in house makes me more excited for it, Logan, because I think it too is like, hey, this was like the worst part of our game, and it's we didn't handle it right. So it's like maybe if we handle it, it'll come together in a better package. Um, yeah. Funny enough, uh, one of the guests we've had previously, Max, who's a friend of uh, all of us. Uh, he's notorious for saying the, the original the reboot was too long which I always find funny um, 
I I really loved Doom twenty sixteen. I think it's <clears throat> it's not often talked about as one of like the best games of this generation. I know we just previously talked about the Wolfenstein games, but it just shows like shooters from Bethesda in this generation have been excellent. Um, and I, you said you're going to talk about the release date for your prediction. Um, it's it's one of those games that can go either way, so it's going to be interesting to see what you think in terms of where it's going to land. Speaking of Quake Champions, Logan, you brought that up. This has always been a weird game to me because this isn't a mainline Quake game, um, and we'll talk about Quake in general later on in the podcast, but... So recently, during the research for the show, they revamped the champion progression. So obviously with these multiplayer-only games, they have a lot of issues that they have to work through with the community. Apparently the progression with the champions wasn't great, so they revamped that. They added a battle pass, like most multiplayer games add now, uh, in December of 2018. And the last patch was March 29th, so it's been a couple of months um, since they've patched the game. This could go one of two ways. It could go the Elder Scrolls Legends way, uh, where they go quiet on it, right, Logan? Or it could be that they haven't patched or made a major announcement because they're waiting for E3. <clears throat> what yeah. do you guys think that is? Because Quake Champions has been kind of quiet. This game will probably never come to console because it's so focused on the mouse and keyboard play. I just yeah. want to know from you guys, like, is Quake Champions, like, disappearing? Are we going to see a brand new expansion? Well, what's the future of it? Because it just seems like no one talks about it at all. I do I think, think that they can kind of hurt themselves not being on console as much as it is a PC uh, franchise. You just cut out a lot of uh, possible buyers there. And, um, you know, maybe you could, I don't know, do some back-end stuff where only PC players play each other or whatever. Um, but who knows? What were going to say, Logan? Um, I think this game's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to keep it very bluntly, like I'd be sh- out of out of everything here. Like I'd be surprised. I, I think it's more likely that we hear about like Elder Scrolls Legends or something that we do about this. I I think Quake Champions is done. Uh, to be honest with game, you, sorry to interrupt you. Just to never, be honest with you, I'm it just never caught on. I'm surprised we've seen it the last couple of E3s. I'm like, oh, they're yeah. showing this? Like, it's not dead yet? Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, like, I think it was last year, soon after E3, or, like, right around E3, they were like, it's finally out, because it, it was in early access or beta up until that point, <laughs> and then they, like, formally launched it, and then that was just kind of, like, kaput, and kaput, then they haven't yeah. really yet said a word about it since then. So, yeah, I, I think this game's dead. Let's go back to a franchise that's currently doing very well, Wolfenstein. Last year, they announced Wolfenstein Cyberpilot, which is a VR game. Um, hasn't launched yet. It's set to launch actually the same day as Youngblood. So they're going to have two Wolfenstein games come out on the same day, which is really cool. Uh, traditional game experience and a VR experience. It's coming to Vive, Oculus Rift, and PSVR. Um, obviously, we're not going to see it on PSVR because Sony's not doing a show this year. Um, they wouldn't have it at their show because um, they're not doing one. I guess there's not much to say here. It's just another commitment by Bethesda to v- the VR space. We had Skyrim VR, we had Fallout VR, now we have Wolfenstein VR. Um, I'm interested to see. I couldn't find a price point. Maybe I just missed it. But uh, it's a it's a VR game, so we don't know the scope necessarily. But it'd be cool if like you're a PlayStation person, right, who owns a PSVR for sixty bucks to be able to get Youngblood and Cyberpilot. You get like two Wolfenstein experiences on the same day. That'd be pretty dope. That being said, I don't know the Cyberpilot price, um, but if it is thirty bucks, that'd be a great bundle for people who have VR to pick up both of them. So, I don't I know if you guys are releasing that. Also, day. they're like connected uh, story-wise, right? I haven't looked into Cyberpilot's story to be completely honest with you. I have no clue because it is attached. Like, they're like you know 
kind of like a cyberpunk dystopian version of Wolfenstein's future alternate future. Well, uh, Youngblood for sure is. I just don't know where. Cy- I haven't looked into Cyber Pilots. Uh, sorry, I, I don't know where it takes yeah. place necessarily. I don't know if anybody's gonna chime in there and be like, "Oh, I know." I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's the know. case if I remember yeah, the trailers. So correct. looking it's it up here, it does take place 20 years after, so it takes place concurrently with Youngblood. You're correct, Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You take control of a variety of different Nazi robots, turning them against their creators. That sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, it's rail-free, which is good. It's not on rails. That's usually a problem with VR titles, that they end up being on rail shooters, and it's not really fun or engaging. Um, speaking of something that a lot of people felt wasn't fun and engaging, <laughs> Fallout 76. Obviously, we know the launch of Fallout 76... We know all the issues it had. We know all the critical reception it had. Terrible launch. Um, so it's had a lot of major updates since launch. Uh, it hasn't really seen the redemption arc that we've seen with the likes of No Man's Sky and other titles. Um, but it has progressively gotten better. I remember last year, I think this year, in December or in early January, I remember, Dom, that your prediction was that Fallout 76 would have this great redemption arc, right? Um, and it would be in a great place. I wouldn't necessarily say Fallout 76 is in a great place, but it is for sure in a better place than launch. Um, Their roadmap, they're going to have another expansion coming out in summer 2019 and fall 2019, those being the Nuclear Winter expansion and Wastelanders expansion. Um, What do you guys think of Fallout 76 in terms of it showing at this year's show? Like, with the backlash, with the launch, with the updates since, I just want to hear from you guys your thoughts in general. I mean, they're, they're going to bring it up. I mean, they're obviously going to talk about the game and show a lot and, like, what they're doing and some of the new updates, but I don't know that they'll be uh, they'll be self, you know, self-aware enough to mention specifically, like, something along the lines of, we know we've had some problems. I don't think they'll say anything like that. I think Oof. they'll kind of carefully word it in the ways of we're, we've been working extremely hard to make improvements um, and updates to the game kind of speak. I don't think they'll, like, literally call out you don't think they'll we have any self-approach to it? No, I don't think well, so. Well, here's that, here's an important know. factor I don't like in that, that, Jared. Is it a fan event, or is it like an actual E3 thing that you need to pass to E3 for? Is it like EA Play, or is it like, you know... Well, that's the tough Sony's thing, is because on. they have, obviously, journalists and stuff there, but they do tend to fill up their space with huge Bethesda fans, you know? So it's like, yeah, I feel like Bethesda conferences are more fan based, because um, like you were talking about them waiting for applause and stuff. They like, they were really digging into the whole like people hamming it up for yeah. stuff that they're into. Yeah. So, with that being said, that's going to make it more difficult for them to discuss the Fallout seventy six situation as opposed to them just talking to straight up press people for the most part. Yeah. I do think there needs to be some level of self-reproach. Obviously, they're not going to come out and say, oh, we failed at launch. We're not going to be that direct. But I do think, I, I hope Todd Howard and Pete Hines come out and make a statement about it, even if in a joking fashion, um, because they hammed it up so much last year, right? I know so much about, you know, clapping at any announcement or anything. They, they couldn't get through a sentence without an applause. And since then, I think this E3 will really identify how Bethesda feels about the feedback. I think if they do have a little bit of self-reproach and they do 
talk about it to some extent that it didn't go off the way they wanted and they're working to fix yeah. it and they understand they didn't meet fans' expectations. I think there's a way to communicate that in an effective way that doesn't necessarily tear down your own company but also tells fans like, hey, we understand we didn't do this right, you know? Um, yeah. uh, Logan, what do you have to say about Fallout 76? Um, I mean, this kind of was going to fall into my predictions just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, they have to basically own up to all of this. Uh, they have to be very blunt, acknowledge that they shipped a turd, uh, say sorry. And, and I don't know. And that's weird. And Bethesda's been very blunt in the past. Um, they, they're, they're a very forthcoming publisher, which is why I like them kind of in the first place, um, which makes the fact that they shipped Fallout 76 in the state that it was in even more frustrating because that that game was totally not ready to go out the door and they shoved it out the door and it was yeah it was really bad man and um, i hate i hate when people are like yeah but all their games come out like that it's like yeah skyrim releases with like bugs and stuff but like fallout 76 was in a completely different shape <laughs> fallout 76's problem is that it's just like hollow it's like hardly yeah. a game like it is just like I don't know. Like, hey, uh, we're not even going to put NPCs in the game for you to interact with because we only want you to interact with other characters. No, that's bullcrap. It's because it cuts back on the actual work that probably needs to be done in order to put said game out, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, well, there are, like, aren't there NPCs, but they're all robots? There's no human NPCs that they would have had to animate faces for and all that? They're like the Cybertron uh, bots like and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, even more obvious that they did it for laziness. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just seemed very rushed and like they were just trying to cash in on the Fallout name more than anything. Uh, yeah, do you think they this gotta is, own, own up to that. Sorry to interrupt you, Logan. Do you think this is tied to like Starfield is obviously in development and that's going to be a big title, so it has a long development cycle. Uh, you know, Elder Scrolls Six has a long development cycle. Maybe from a publishing standpoint, it was the cash in. I I agree with you guys on that. And maybe it's like, what's the the thing that can have the highest return on money? but the lowest effort in the time between our next big release because we have to wait so long for that release, you know? And yeah. it bit them in the ass, essentially. I because think, they I think part of that. it I think part of it was that they genuinely did want to dip their toe into the waters of a multiplayer game because that's something Bethesda Game Studios has ever done before. So I think there was like legitimate interest from them to create something like that. And I don't know if the scope of the project just totally was hauled back like over time once they realized how big it would need to be to do something like that properly and they didn't have that time because obviously yeah like you said they're working on they're working on other things they're working on starfield and they're working on elder scrolls um and not their their a team didn't work on this game either wasn't it bethesda game studios austin or dallas which, who worked uh, on it this was primarily? austin which to your point that means they're two for two for kind of being attached with the worst of the franchises Love so it. like yeah they worked on the doom multiplayer it was the worst part about that game they were um, well and they couldn't get battle cry off the ground before ex- that. so that speaks to that too right <laughs> it's like yeah oh man <laughs> yeah it's um I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things surrounding this game still, and I, I think that's going to be... Honestly, coming into this show, uh, you kind of said this a second ago, but there's not a whole lot we really know or expect coming into this one. Like, so I, I didn't even know if they would have a press conference this year, to be completely honest with you, because they've got Doom coming up, and I really don't really know what else is coming up in the near future, and I'm sure they've got some tricks up their sleeve, and they'll show us that stuff next month. Uh, but yeah, uh, without anything else really standing out in the forefront of people's minds, like I want to see this or I want to see this. I think the main thing people are wanting to see going into the show is how are they going to approach 
Fallout 76 and pun intended, I guess, the fallout of what happened <laughs> after they released that game. Yeah. Because that is that is like the big thing that has followed Bethesda as a publisher for the last what six, seven months now. So Let's up to something that was actually a funny part of the show, which was the Skyrim, a very special edition, which was the Amazon Echo uh, Skyrim commercial, if you guys remember it. Uh, it uh, featured uh, Michael Keegan Key, right? Keegan that is Michael funny? Almost. Almost. Keegan Michael Key. I always, he's one of those three word names that like I always mess up the, the order of them. Um, yeah. It was him and his wife, and obviously he was playing the game, and it was really funny. It was poking fun at, you know, Skyrim coming to every platform. And then after the show, we found out it was a real thing. <laughs> it was actually on your Amazon Echo, and you can play Skyrim, which is really cool. The fact that they made a joke about themselves and it was actually a product was was really neat. Um, they even oh, yeah. featured the funny joke of the like refrigerator Skyrim with the ice cubes and everything. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Elder Scrolls Blades was their big mobile game announcement uh, last year. It's currently in beta. Uh, from all of the reviews I've read, and obviously Dom talked about he didn't really enjoy it at all, from all the reviews I read during the research on this, it seemed like the visuals and combat were pretty solid, but it was plagued by the normal mobile game issues, which were repetitive and lackluster experiences. Um, and yeah. I mean, it, they definitely they made a mobile game and then added in Elder Scrolls stuff, right? They didn't yeah. make an Elder Scrolls game and then make it a mobile game. So that, that's how I ultimately felt. Yeah. Um, seems like the reviews are pretty like middling and down on it. It's currently in beta, so obviously there's room for improvement. It isn't the full release. Um, it, it's funny because this is directly opposite of uh, Fallout Shelter. When that came out, everyone loved it and they couldn't stop playing it. And um, that had microtransactions and it had the, the lunch pails. So just can't catch a break with Elder Scrolls Blades and Fallout 76. Hopefully uh, Blades turns around. We'll see. I'm interested to play it when it's in a better state. But currently, is it still only available on uh, uh, iOS? Yeah, and I think it's actually early access technically too. It's in beta, it's- yeah. It's out for everybody now. Um, oh, I know they just okay. launched it for everybody like last week. I, I think it's still technically quote unquote early access or whatever the heck, but it's yeah. You don't need a Bethesda account or whatever like was keeping you from playing it before. You didn't need to be like one of the special chosen ones or whatever. <laughs> the it. chosen one, yeah. Um, to your point earlier, Logan, you were saying you weren't sure if they're going to have a show this year because we didn't know if there was anything worth showing, right? They came and announced that Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 won't be at the show. Um, they're two biggest titles. We all assume that they're both next-gen. Um, we got the logo last year for Starfield. We got the logo last year for Elder Scrolls 6. I would arguably say Elder Scrolls 6 showed more because it showed some of the terrain we'd assume is going to be in Elder Scrolls 6, whereas Starfield was just like a planet and a satellite, right? It was like a like a It was like a tone satellite. piece. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Um, we And we kind of know more about Elder Scrolls just because it has previous titles, whereas Starfield, we don't know what to expect. Um, I don't know if there's much to say here. If you guys have anything you want to say about Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6, they're confirmed no-shows. I mean, some people want to say, like, oh, they're just saying that, so they surprise us. I don't know if that's the case. Those games are, seem like they're so far away that you would kind of hurt yourself. I think last year they just talked about them because they're like, stop asking us, <laughs> you know? Especially with Elder Scrolls 6, like, we are making it to stop asking us about it. What are your guys' thoughts on them in general, since they're assumably not going to be there? Defer to predictions. <laughs> okay. Well, I do think that uh, having a little teaser trailer in the first place is the opposite of... It, it was them saying stop asking us, but it had the opposite effect, where 
now they're just going to get asked more. You know, now it's just, now you've actually got people legitimately excited about an official product of yours. Especially with the, the, the failure of Fallout 76, right? They're like, when are we going to get our real Bethesda game, essentially? Yeah. Quote unquote, so. that's why, and that's why they did it. it. Was It was mainly to just protect themselves, because they knew if they just revealed Fallout 76, and they're like, hey, we're doing this multiplayer game now, and we're going to continue supporting it after launch, and we're going to actively blah, 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 blah. All the things you say when you make a game as a service title like that. Everybody would have gotten way up in arms. Why are they making this? Why aren't they just... Why don't they make a real new Fallout game? Or why don't they make Elder Scrolls 6? Or where's Starfield? That thing was trademarked forever ago. Blah, where's blah, Brink blah, blah, 2? Blah. Yeah. It, was basi- it was basically just a way for them to be like, hey, we're making Fallout 76 and we're trying something new and we're making a multiplayer game. And uh, also, yeah, we're making this stuff too. So you don't even need to bother asking us about it because, yeah, it's real. Yeah. So. It's, I, I want to see at least one of them, but I'm, I, I'm setting my expectations real low and I'm believing them fully. And I'm like, they're, neither of them are going to show. I'm just setting that in my mind, so if one does show, I'm excited about it. We'll see. Um, every year Bethesda has a theme, right, to their shows. Last year was, like, the theme park. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Was it the theme park, or was that theme two years ago? Theme park was two, two years, years ago. ago. Two years Bethesda ago. Land was two years ago. Um, last year was, I don't know. Um, I don't just, remember what it was. Uh, anyways, this year's theme is Be Together. Um one thing I didn't mention at the top is that they, for the last couple of years, they've started with these um, highlights of their company culture, right, with all of their different employees and their kids and talking about how great it is to work at Bethesda. We'll likely see another one. Um, the Be Together thing, obviously, is just an overall theme, but, you know, with Fallout 76 being multiplayer, there is a possibility that could be an emphasis on multiplayer. Maybe that's what the big thing for Doom Eternal is, that they show us how good the multiplayer is now that they're doing it in-house. Who knows? Um, but I guess we'll get to some of these lingering questions and speculation for Bethesda in general. Arcane Studios, right? So they they made, uh, re- most recently, the Prey uh, reboot. Um, last year, we got that Moon Crash DLC and that, like, Groundhog's Day uh, mode where, like, you'd play the same situation over and over again. Um, the initial game released in May of 2017, so two years ago. And from what I've seen with their... Their cadence of releases, they tend to work at two games simultaneously. So Arcane also released, help me out here, the spin-off, what was it called? Dishonored, Death of the Outsider? That sounds right. Well, those are two different studios completely. Um, But it is Arcane overall. Europe and Arcane Austin are different studios. Yeah. But they, they tend not to separate themselves when they, like, promote their games. They don't, like, this is, like, Arcane Studios Europe. So what I'm saying is, in general, as a studio, they, they work on two games simultaneously. I want to know from you guys, um, because they did have Prey come out in 2017 and then the DLC last year, is there a chance that we get a tease at the Prey sequel? Do we get a tease at something else entirely with Arcane? What's most likely? That's prediction territory for Whoa. me, personally. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Like I was saying, they have their European team. That's the um, the Prey team. And then, correct? And then Austin is Dishonored? Um, I think that's how it worked out. Yeah, that um, sounds right. Yeah. So I would say that you're going to see an Arcane Austin game before you're going to see uh, a Prey 2 from Arcane Europe. Uh, do you think that's a new IP? Do you think that's a... A sequel. That'll be new IP because they've said they're getting away from Dishonored, right? Yeah, they said we probably won't see it for for a good while. Um, yeah. It's I Dishonored is one of those franchises that like 
I don't know if it's I, I teeter on is it underappreciated or is it just like a, a solid good game you know is it worthy of like because it didn't sell very well stealth games in first person is your problem there yeah it's no. like the last of a dying genre kind yeah. of the uh i think it's appreciated i mean it won a bunch of game of game of the year awards the first game and it was really highly acclaimed um but then the subsequent games from like a sales standpoint from a sales standpoint not from a critical standpoint Don. what oh, is the yeah. what is I mean, the name of the stupid genre that it is in uh immersive sim na- immersive sim thank you yeah <laughs> i the immersive sim genre is just like yeah like there's very few games in that genre anymore, like the Deus Exes and the System Shocks and things like that that like used to kind of fill out that genre. Like aren't really a thing anymore. And this is kind of one. This and Prey was that as well. Like they're really some of the only ones around. And so uh, I'm biased because you guys know I don't like third person or don't like first person games nearly as much as third. Do you guys want to play a stealth game of first person? Do you guys want those immersive sim type things? Yeah, I, I loved all the Dishonored games, all three of them. Um, so, be, stealth in first person doesn't bother you? No, it's a little more difficult, but um, but I still enjoyed that, that part of it. So, um, I'm weird. I really liked Prey. I didn't like Dishonored that much, though. I played one and two. Okay. Um, I I like. It's weird where I fall on Dishonored because I I acknowledge that they are like critically like incredible games but i just don't really care for them that much i don't know i think it's the setting or something about that world that i just like don't it's very really... unique yeah it's very it's it a strange very world unique people it's talk a... about you know a lot of times in video games people talk about staleness and i think that dishonored is one of the truly unique franchises yeah i, just, I yeah. don't like the setting either i think that's why i never like dove in it's just like it doesn't interest me you know yeah. The faces are very ugly, and that might sound like, well, who <laughs> yeah. the fuck cares? But it's partially, like, character design, partially art style, and there's, like, some... There's some of that mixed in, but it looks... You know, when you're, like, interacting with other characters, it looks very ugly. Now, the environments with the painterly style that is not very beneficial to faces, it is, uh, I would say, for environments, and looks great. But the character models and faces... Uh, are quite lacking and I think that as minuscule as that might sound it's a bigger part of the the game that you're interacting with and you might realize and and so I think that might throw a lot of people off to your point though because it is so original that gets me excited for the opportunity of Arcane presenting a new IP like how how different or original will that look and maybe that will catch really yeah really that's what Prey 2017 I think is because it has nothing to do with uh, the, the spiritual Native game. American stuff, yeah. Um, which is, you know, both of them are are highly original. So, um, yeah, I think that you know, Prey and uh, Dishonored are two of the the most unique franchises we have, and it's both coming out of Arcane, so that's really cool. Next up, uh, Tango GameWorks. So we got Evil Within uh, in 2014. We got Evil Within two in 2017. Uh, the franchise has sold like decently hasn't sold like incredibly well um if they were meeting that cadence that means that we would get evil within three in 2020 Uh, unfortunately i looked at the calendar and friday the 13th doesn't fall in october so that sucks um i was looking at that to see if there's a possibility there um the cool thing with evil within is like it's a, a very true horror series you know we had resident evil kind of ditch a lot of the horror and that's where the 
the the sales went up, but the actual love for the franchise went down. We saw a return with Resident Evil 7 and the remake this year. Um, and Evil Within has been a true horror franchise. And yeah. though it is a niche genre, I do think that like there is a place for Evil Within 3. From what I, I haven't played the games, but from what people have said, the, they did leave it open at the end of 2 for the next game. And I would love for them to be able to finish off the Evil Within trilogy. His name always escapes me. The guy who was one of the founding creators of Resident Evil works on Evil Within 2. He's a director. Can't oh, remember Shinji Mikami? There you go, yeah. Um, I would love for them to just be able to finish this trilogy. Do you think Evil Within is one of those games where they would show off Evil Within 3 this year, then next E3 give us the date? Or do you think we'd likely just see it next year with the date the same year? Nah, Let's get that's into not, prediction. That's not really their style. Yeah. Yeah, it's not their style, especially after the second one when they announced it in June and it was out in October, like three or four months later. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, certain games they would announce uh, more than... My, you know, six months beforehand, obviously, like Starfield, but I think Evil Within fits into that category of announcement and comes out this year. I guess the only argument to that would be filling out their show with the lack of Starfield and Elder Scrolls, right? But we don't know if there's any another like game we don't know about that they're going to be showing. So I could see yeah. it making it in a non-traditional sense for them because they want another game to show in place of the lack of other titles they have. Who knows? We'll see. But are we all in agreement that Evil Within 3 is happening? We just don't know when it's going to be shown? Yes. Mm, I'm agreeing that it's quite possible and even likely, but I could see them, you know, shifting gears. To something else, yeah. Um, it'd be really interesting if they did a different, like, horror franchise for next gen, right? Like, Tango Gameworks finishes the Evil Within trilogy... And then come next gen, they introduce something else, or maybe a spin-off franchise or something. I hope Tango Gameworks yeah. sticks to horror, uh, maybe not a, a completely horror game because maybe it just doesn't sell well, and they need to, you know, try something else. But I hope they keep those roots, and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, we've mentioned the studio a couple of times, unfortunately. Uh, but this is the game studios Dallas, which is previously Escalation Studios, the Battle Cry studio. Um, they're acquired in 2017. They helped with the, the development of Doom's multiplayer. Um, they helped with Rage, uh, Team Fortress 2, uh, Disney Infinity. Um, their last project they were actually involved in was 2016, for the most part, because they you know developed the... Uh, they helped with Fallout 76, but they also helped with uh, Doom 2016. Do you guys think that they're just stuck on Fallout 76 now, and BGS is working on the two big titles? And Bethesda Game Studios, Dallas is the ones that are focusing on the updates and everything for Fallout 76. That sounds, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Yeah, 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 they will be t attached to that for a while. I, I, I think Bethesda feels, even though they dropped the ball with it, and I have no doubt that they're probably really not making much money from Fallout 76 at the moment. Uh, I, I feel like. They're in a weird spot with that where I, I, don't, I don't think they can just up and drop it and be like, we're done, done supporting the game, done supporting this $60 game that you guys put out or that we put out last year. And sorry, everybody, it was a flop. Uh, I, I feel like they, they probably feel internally like they are obligated to support it for a year or two. And but to that point, see where it's at and then. They're gonna give that to like the this studio, right? They're not gonna focus yes. on it themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And yeah. this studio will be the one that is working on it. Todd Howard is probably 
I don't know, figuring out the Dark Brotherhood quest line in Elder Scrolls 6 right now or something. <laughs> I, I don't know what the heck he does. They're, they're like, hey, you guys just handle this. And the funny thing is this is likely the plan all along, right, for Dallas to handle the post-launch for Fallout 76. But it made Bethesda Game Studios proper probably even more like less interested in paying attention to it um, to focus on the other games, right? I, this is probably the plan yeah. all along. It's just like we're definitely not going to be really dipping our hands in. It's all you guys. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why they have so many projects in the pipeline, too, because they've got four studios now worldwide. They've got one in Canada. They've got the main one in Maryland. And then they've got Austin and Dallas. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they've got a lot of studios now. I assume this one is going to be attached to Fallout 76 for a while. Um, and then between the three others, like the three huge studios that they've got going, you assume that Starfield's the main thing they're working on and then other sex are probably working on with Dallas with you know Battlecry and then Doom's multiplayer they haven't had a project that they've stayed on for a long amount of time so maybe this is in the best interest for them so they can get the experience of trying to salvage a game that launched so poorly right and learning about Mm. uh, communication with the community and fixing things it might be in the best interest for them in the long run Um, so this is something we don't really talk about with Bethesda and it's a new acquisitions um, I, we can throw, you know, third-party published games, too, into this. So, you know, they, they partner with a developer they don't necessarily own. I just want to know, is it likely that we could see a, an acquisition of a studio or something like that? Or even uh, a partnership with a developer and they publish that game? Because we've talked about if they're not going to have Starfield, they're not going to have Elder Scrolls, what are they going to be showing? What's the point of the show outside of a couple of titles do you think it's likely that we see Bethesda publish uh, a game from a developer we know? I would say uh, that is more likely than publishing something of someone else's is more likely than seeing them acquire anyone because I <laughs> think at this point they have a pretty robust line of studios. So um, I don't necessarily know that they're looking to add. Yeah, I got a prediction on this one too. Okay, uh, I don't know who's I don't know who's really available that they could grab. Like, that's one of the things. Unless it was like, there's no big free agent players that I can think of out there right now. I mean, I, then again, everybody Microsoft's grabbed this in the past year wasn't necessarily Bungie. a free agent or whatever. Yeah, Bungie. Yeah, <laughs> but to that point, yeah, I think Bethesda is one of the major publishers that doesn't have like some indie size developers, right? Some like yeah. mid-level to low-level. So we could see maybe these developers of, and I'm not saying these specific games, but like Stardew Valley or like uh, Undertale, like that level of developer that they bring in. Yeah. So they do have these smaller titles in their conferences and in their portfolio. I got one for you. I got one. What, what is CD it? Project Red. Jesus Christ. Right. How much would because people now- hate hate Bethesda if they bought CD Projekt Red. <laughs> I'm not think necessarily they talking about them. acquisition here. Yeah. I'm not necessarily talking about acquisition, but publishing, I could totally see them helping out publishing with uh, Warner Bros. Cyberpunk. Already, Warner Bros. Yeah, has like, already got that contract locked down. Warner yeah, Bros. is publishing true. it here in uh, the US and then over in Europe it's being published by I can't remember. Maybe just CD Projekt themselves? Um, no, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I do. I did remember, you know, them partnering with Warner Brothers for uh, Witcher. So I thought, you know, mm-hmm. they, um, they are at least out working outside, with outside publishers. So, um, yeah, they're probably not going to go with Bethesda for Europe. But um, something like that you could see happening. Maybe not with CD Projekt. But. Uh, one of my, my dream, actually, that we're going to talk about later in predictions, my dream prediction is a Other partnership... Than- 
John Bernthal coming out on Bethesda stage. Jesus. Yeah, yeah a major dream. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get into some questions I'm going to ask you guys specifically. Um, and then if anybody else wants to jump in on that question after the fact, you're welcome to do so. But they're going to be focused mainly on individual questions. Uh, Dom, so we've seen uh, a couple of mobile games from Bethesda. We saw, obviously, Elder Scrolls Blades. We saw Fallout Shelter. What do you think the chances are that we see another mobile game this year? Fallout Shelter sequel or expansion or follow-up? Um, another idea I had was like a Dishonored Go-type game. So it takes the IP and uses it in an interesting way on mobile. What's the likelihood you think of that, another mobile game announcement? Zero uh, percent. Uh, they're going to focus on Blades, right? But I will say not this year. Um, maybe next, probably by next year. I mean, wh- what's, the one, what's the one place we haven't seen Skyrim ported to yet and just... I'm surprised it's taken this long, but I think that will happen <laughs> eventually. I mean, yeah, I mean, Skyrim on phones and iPads, that's, that's got to be There's an argument to me. Right? They got it working on Switch, right? And yeah. 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 So. We'll see. I don't so. think this year, though. So. Yeah, no Doesn't, year. Wouldn't that cannibalize Blades, though? I mean, yeah, not, that any, I not that there's a massive Blades audience, <laughs> but, like... Yeah, that's well, why I think it's got to wait. They would, but don't you think they'd uh, release Skyrim as, like, a premium buy-it title instead of free-to-play? Uh yeah probably yeah, probably yeah. thirty bucks or something stupid yeah. even though it's been out for holy crap I guess. yeah it's been out for Jesus eight years Christ. yeah uh so earlier uh Logan we were talking about Quake Champions and how it's likely dead um obviously Quake Champions isn't a mainline title right it doesn't have like a single player campaign or anything what do you think the chances are of us seeing a Quake reboot right we've seen Wolfenstein rebooted and it's been re- really well received we've seen Doom rebooted you know Quake is its other big shooter IP. And Champions doesn't seem to be doing very well. What do you think the chances are that we see a Quake reboot tease at the very least? Um, not. I don't know. It's it's possible. I I I don't know. I don't I don't know how they view that property internally. It's still, um, it's still an important property for them in the grand scheme of things. I I don't think they would necessarily. I don't know. Quake is a weird one. Quake is a very, very weird one. They have an entire <laughs> convention named around that game, but it's something, obviously, Quake Champions, but that flopped, and then other than that, like, we haven't seen anything from that franchise in so long. Uh, I think somebody could come along and take the reins up from that. I feel like it would be id, though, to do that, and they're busy with Doom at the moment, so I don't know if we would see or hear anything. They're the only yeah. studio I would trust to do anything with Quake, really, as well, my, like my... a proper Quake and not Quake Champions or whatever. To your point, I think that Quake, like a Quake reboot would go over pretty well at E3, but it'd probably be one of those announcements that you could just save for QuakeCon, right? Um, yeah. And Because that's the audience. Um, who knows? I, I just think a reboot is possible. I just don't know when we're going to see it. It could be, you know, we see the reveal between Doom games, like you said, so it can work on it. Who knows? Uh, Jordan. We saw the Mario yeah. plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle partnership with Ubisoft work out really well. We've seen Bethesda's commitment to porting games over to the Switch. What do you think the likelihood is is that we see a Nintendo partnership with Bethesda in the realm of Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Uh, that's relatively unlikely, I would say. Um, if nothing else, look at how much Nintendo likes their games to be polished. And look at how... Bethesda doesn't. Um, that's not a thing of Bethesda, apparently, Polish. So um, I don't see that um, happening, even if just for that um, logistical reason. 
You, you're telling me we're not going to get a sequel to that hideous Link outfit in Skyrim? That we got? <laughs> Remember when it was announced Jesus to be ported Christ. and it was Actually, really gross? Actually, that's true. Like, now that you mention that, I didn't even I didn't even think about That was dumb, man. But, um, wow. Now that you've mentioned that, I'm kind of... I don't know. That's different, you know, that still. Even though that is kind of a... a decent sized crossover it is still just like yeah do a blue shirt in your game it'll look cool as opposed to uh, a full on uh, partnership for a game together so yeah I'd still say pretty unlikely uh dumb I don't know if you remember a classic called Brink uh it was a a 2011 parkour FPS game that Bethesda uh released um it had a lot of issues in terms of it's online servers and bugs Disney Channel original movie (laughs) also a Disney Channel original movie it's likely that the IP is dead and they're never going to use it, Dom, but entertain me with the thought of, would do you think there's a possibility of a Brink reboot, and do you think that maybe the it would change from a parkour FBS, considering parkour isn't the zeitgeist anymore, in, you know, in online culture? Zero no. percent, no. <laughs> okay, not even... Okay, so I have an idea, Jared. What if they do a sequel to Brink that's a crossover with Brink the DCOM, and they call it Brink Brink? God, or Tony Hawk's Brink. Um, but it could actually be cool if you're doing a shooter and you're like skating around on inline skates and doing tricks. I don't know, man. I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. It doesn't sound like a Bethesda game. That sounds like an Insomniac <laughs> game, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that does sound uh, like Sunset Overdrive. A Sunset lot, Brink. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lastly, this is for you, Logan. Just an easy toss up question. Will P. Hines curse on stage this year? <laughs> Yeah, that's like a given every year. Exactly. If one of you guys didn't come with that prediction prepared, I mean, that's an easy <laughs> one point if you want to predict that in a second. So. Exactly. Um, that's it pretty much for all the questions and uh, speculation we have for Bethesda's conference this year. We're going to hop into the predictions. Uh, the way it's going to work is we're each going to give a prediction one at a time, go around to each of us, and then after we're done with each of our three predictions, we're going to give a dream prediction. Um, and I guess I'll start. So my first prediction is going to be, they are going to show Evil Within 3, and it's going to have a 2020 release window attached to it. Um, and I do think, I'll even add a, a, another thing to this, I do think it'll play on the uh, the same uh, trailer aesthetic with the like white candle wax goo stuff. I think it'll definitely have that again. But yeah, E3, uh, Evil Within 3 announced, and uh, 2020. That's my prediction. Who's okay. that? Jordan, you want to go right. next? I'll go. Okay. So, shortly after an unnamed thespian exits the stage, we will be uh, premiering a trailer for uh, Starfield. They, I'm calling bullshit. <clears throat> I'm calling bullshit, and maybe they're gonna they're gonna come back and say, "Well, we meant that it's not gonna be there gameplay wise." Maybe they have clarified. I don't know. Uh, but I think you'll get a CG trailer for Starfield because. I just don't see how you can like tease people that way and then not bring it back this year, especially when you're in such dire need of a win and you have this Fallout 76 bullshit going on. So I'm, I'm calling BS and I think we're getting a Starfield CG trailer. No gameplay. Yeah, it could be that the original plan was definitely not to show either and then the feedback and they're like, oh, we need a win. I, I can see that. Um, John, what's your first prediction? All right, Evil Within 3 is shown... Um, October 21st 
2019 is announced as the release date. Oh, it's coming out this year. Yes. Quick turnaround. Okay. Um, the, it's pretty clear and concise. Uh, Logan, what's your first prediction? Um, I'm gonna go with Doom Eternal. I'm gonna go that we get a release date, and because that's so broad and that could, that's probably gonna happen, I'll take it one step further. Um, I think that the release date is going to be December 10th of 2019 which would line up with the original release date of the original doom back in 1993 nice. it's actually a tuesday as well so it's feasible that oh, that indeed. could happen dude what a so. good christmas game <laughs> it actually is killing demons. jared i said the wrong date it would be october 22nd because that's the tuesday okay before yeah, <laughs> yeah okay uh i guess i'm upright my second prediction um hmm what do i go with uh, I think they announced Elder Scrolls Legends uh, as a Switch port, and it's coming fall 2019. Nice. I I don't yeah. think other platforms. So I'm not saying it's specifically like exclusive, but I do think that it'll be the marketing for it in the trailer will be Switch, right? It'll have the Switch at the end or whatever the Switch logo. Um, yeah, Elder Scrolls Legends Switch port announced fall 2019. Jordan, what's your second prediction? So, uh, I kind of touched on this earlier. I think that you're going to see the reveal of Arcane Austin's uh, new video game. And I think it's going to be a new IP, because like we said, they're getting away from Dishonored. And I think that it is going to be a third-person game. Okay. Which is... Um, which is actually interesting because uh, they really have a deep, deep, uh, you know, immersive sim first person um, history there. And um, going all the way back to like some of the original Deus Ex games. So um, that would be quite a formula break for them, but I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if they if they ever developed a non first person game. I guess not, because I think Dishonored 1 is their first game, so they've had three. Well, uh, they did uh, Call of Duty World at War. Really? Yeah. Shit. That was first no, person, the two. Yeah, uh, no, they helped with the development. Huh. Yeah, but they, they, didn't, they weren't the main developer on that. That was Treyarch. Yeah, but I'm just saying they it's haven't like worked deep. on a... It, it's not going against your argument, Jordan. It's a first person shooter. I was just saying that they yeah. also worked on it. That is, like, deep-cut knowledge. Thank well, I was just looking at their games they developed on their <laughs> Wikipedia. That wasn't off the dome or anything. I'm not trying to take credit for that. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. So third-person, new IP. Um, this doesn't have to go to your prediction, but do you have an idea of, like, a theme or a setting or anything like that that you want them to do? That's a good question. I think, um... You know, it could be melee or it could be shooter-focused as far as combat goes because they have both of those under their belt. Um, It's obviously... I don't think it's going to be futuristic space sci-fi because that's Prey. Um, For whatever reason, I'm just... I'm getting... I'm looking into the crystal ball, Jared. And I'm seeing visions of some sort of Western, but maybe not as cut and dry as, like, your Red Dead Redemption. Hmm. It's like Western elements, right? 
Yeah, maybe it has maybe more like Dark Tower where it might have some magic elements, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Um, man, I I hope they're if they do have a new IP, I hope it uh, sells well for them because they could use a win. Uh, yeah, Dom, Dom, what's your second prediction? Uh, second prediction: Fallout Three Remastered includes a Switch version too. S- Switch version. Mm. Interesting. And just Fallout Three. It's not gonna. New Vegas won't be mentioned or anything like that. So. You don't Ouch. have to add this to your prediction, but uh, would you release date? What do you think? The just fall. They probably yeah. So this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You think they'll call it Fallout Three Special Edition, like Skyrim? Yeah. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Remastered, whatever they want to call it. I would love if it was a combo with New Vegas, but like because that wasn't developed by them, I think they just go three by itself with all the DLC. Yeah. Uh, Logan, what's your second prediction? Um, which one do I want to choose? Um. I'll say that either Pete Hines or Todd Howard, one of the two on stage, will say the words, I'm sorry, in regards to Fallout 76. Wow. (laughs) That's a good one. one. Wow. I'm or or were sorry, probably, would be good too. Yeah, Yeah, any variant of insert to whatever and then sorry they will blatantly apologize, apologize is what you're saying nice yes nice. they will they will directly apologize to fans for that video game it's funny that you say like the apology because it could be like uh id coming out with do maternal and they're like there's so much like you know gore i'm sorry to the parents out there that have kids watching you know so they actually mention i'm sorry but it has nothing yeah. to do with oh, that'd be funny <laughs> <laughs> um man i, I I hope they do that, Logan, and I think they do need to do that. It just, we don't know how they're feeling. Like, if E3 happened a couple of months after the launch of Fallout 76, I think they'd be much more likely to do that. But even yeah. now, it's like they need to do it, but will they? We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, third prediction. I know what my dream one is. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, let's see. Let's hmm. see. I know. Okay, so. Your dream. This one, I don't think this is that much of a dream, uh, really. I think that we get a two... This is going directly against Jordan's We See a New IP. I think Arcane unveils a cinematic teaser for Prey 2. So it's not like... Uh, I think it's just, you know, okay. going... Basically just teasing that it's in development and we see, like, a tease of a character or, like, some weird horror stuff... Um, but it's not like an extended trailer. It's like a 30-second teaser with the logo at the end. Um, I'll say no date, um, but I wouldn't be so surprised out- if it said 2020. Outside of your prediction, Jared, um, do you think that that would mean, if that were the case, you think that that means Arcane Austin is helping them? Because otherwise, that studio hasn't done anything since 2016, um, whereas Prey came out in 2017. So. Yeah, the way I'd imagine is that they're they're collaborative and i think that because prey was did pretty well and dishonored has obviously not done super well that maybe bethesda from top down was like let's get working on this prey 2 sequel while maybe a new ip is in like pre-production development you know who knows it it could work either way um arcane uh in terms of studios 
that have multiple um, locations, they seem to work really close with one another. Maybe not necessarily on the same game at the same time, but they are very collaborative with their technology and stuff. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it was Austin handling it. But, yeah, so to go over real quick, Prey 2, 30-second teaser uh, reveal. That's pretty much it. Uh, Jordan, what's your last prediction? Let's see what we got here, boys. Um, so... I think that this is kind of a weird one, but I'm going to say Fallout 76 goes free-to-play. Um, Whoa. Mm. Now, there's part of me that says <laughs> I'm totally wrong in that if they were going to do this, they would have already done it. But now I think it's just barely far enough away that uh, it'll be... You'll hear less bitching. You'll still hear bitching, but less from uh, the people that bought it for $60. So... Less bitching? I, less bitching because it's not, you know, two months after release. Um, so I feel like um, now would be the proper... If there was a proper time, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this is a obviously a disaster. So if there was a proper time, I think it would be now because um, there's... I can't see any way that they're, like, still, you know, selling solid amounts of copies of this game at this point so that's why I think uh, it could be a possibility and then you know you get those people in for free but then they end up um, buying the expansion if you can actually make it a decent enough game for them to want to stick around yeah I could totally see it end up on game pass as well to some extent yeah um, yeah yeah I it going free to play isn't out of the realm of possibility I think it's likely I do think that, like, we're in this weird phase where I do think it's far enough away from the launch that it could go free-to-play, and it might be the last time in which it would make a big deal at all in terms of it being news, right? Because, like, any later, like, you know, by this time next year, no one's going to care if Fallout 76 goes free-to-play, you know? So we'll see what happens. I think it's an interesting prediction. It's likely. um, That'd be crazy if that was hand-in-hand with the we're sorry, it's free now, you know? (laughs) So Logan gets it right and you get it right. Um, right. Dom, what's your third prediction? So, despite them saying that Starfield was not going to be shown, I think this is their one more thing. You know, like, well, we weren't orig- originally planning on doing this, but kind of a thing. And they show us a trailer. No gameplay, no date, nothing like that. Um, but Todd Howard does mention the phrase next gen, um, you know, while introducing it. Kind of a deal. Okay, so I'm just seeing how... So yours differentiates from Jordan's because you're saying it's the one more thing, and he says next-gen, which is different enough. Yeah. Yeah, because Jordan... Correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan. You said they show Starfield CG trailer, right? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm just trying to clarify that. they not already said that Starfield's next-gen? Yeah, they have, but I think Dom's saying that they reiterated this year. Like, this is our next-gen title, you know? Um, well, they never said it. They like he implied it in an interview. That he I'm said next of. gen during the E3 conference. Yeah, that's what I was watching saying. up to doing research on the show. Right before he announces them, he's like, "I want to present to you guys what we have coming with next gen." He he says next gen clearly. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Logan, what's your last prediction? Um, I think that's more the one I'll do for the dream. So I'll do this one instead. Um, we do see Arcane Studios' new IP. This is whatever they've got cooking up following dishonored um i don't i i I think it's yeah not dishonored not 
Prey. It's something totally new. I think it will still be first person, and I think it will come out in spring of the next year. Ooh. So this isn't this isn't like a spin-off. No, this is something entirely new from them uh okay. altogether. Yeah. Um trying to think of what my dream is going to be. Okay. So I'm going to say the first part of it and then if you guys don't think that's dream enough, then I'll add a second part to it. So my dream is that Bethesda publishes a Japanese developed game. Hmm. That's a dream to me. I don't think yeah, I don't think there needs to be a part 2 to that. Okay, cuz I was going to add what that from part software. Two? <laughs> I, that's, <laughs> that's what I think. dream. That's the pie in the sky. Yeah. Um I'm just going to yeah, I'll go with Bethesda publishes a Japanese developed game. So, I was thinking Platinum too. They could team Platinum teams up with everybody apparently. Um, but yeah, so Bethesda publishes a Japanese developed game. That's my dream. Platinum makes, you know, kind of janky games sometimes. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what's your dream? So is it okay if our dreams conflict with our realistic predictions? Yeah, it's fine. Because the dreams are worth three points. The other ones are worth one. But if they go against each other, you just have, you know, more chances to get it yeah. right depending on what happens. Yeah. So like I said, I think that Arcane Austin would be doing a new IP, hopefully, or maybe a Western, I should say. Um, but my dream is that Arcane Austin does a Dishonored spinoff that is third person. Oh, cool. And I think that that could differentiate it enough. I think maybe they they might realize, like, hey, we have something cool here, but maybe the first-person stealth is keeping it from being a breakout success. And then uh, they use that cool world and give you, I don't know, maybe it's a $40 game. Who knows? But um, I could see them doing a third-person spinoff with that already established world. That would be, And that would be a dream for me because I, I do want to like Dishonored more than I do. It's a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are that way. Man, that'd be crazy if they announced a third person. They're like, Dishonored third person. That I think that is a dream scenario. There is a sliver of possibility, but yeah, it's definitely dream space. Sure. Um, sure. Dom, what's your dream? Uh, Elder Scrolls Online announced for the Switch. Whoa. That's a dream in the sense of I don't know if the infrastructure is strong enough for that. Yeah, it's all on the online. I know, like, locally it should have no problem running it, but, yeah, as far as, like, the online Sorry, repeat, side of it. repeat your prediction, Dom. Elder Scrolls Online announced for the Switch. <laughs> well, is it the base game, or is it, like, with the... It's, like, the game of the year edition with the expansions that are rele- released so far? It doesn't matter. Well, if all, of, that's, if all of that is stored server-side, isn't it that all server-side, all that content? Uh, yeah, but I'm or saying in terms of purchasing it? it, right? Oh, I, I would assume would they'd add all the expansions. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I don't, it's, it is on consoles, though, right? It's on PS4, Xbox? Yeah, it's because yeah. it's, yep. it's on Game Pass on Xbox. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't think you could get that done, Dom. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I really don't either. <laughs> it I mean, is a dream. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Wait, so that would be a crazy announcement. To happen? Is that what you're saying, Dom? What? You want that to happen? Yeah. Be excellent. Because remember, he said he's wanted to get into online, but he doesn't. He can never get himself to play it. If it's on yeah, Switch, absolutely. he has the opportunity to play it on the go. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Didn't realize you were into Elder Scrolls. Um, oh yeah. Logan, close us out. What's your dream pie in the sky? Um, I do think they will uh, 
stay true to the fact that Elder Scrolls 6 is not showing up like formally with a trailer or anything but my dream is that they reveal the title of the game and they say which region it will take place in and that's it uh, because I am tired of watching uh, people break trying to videos. break down videos of people <laughs> trying to guess where the region is because like oh well the sun's rising over here which and it's the it's, dark brotherhood said in Skyrim right? yeah like like there are so many breakdown videos online of people just surveying the landscape of that one area that they showed from that trailer last year and like trying to figure out what region the game is in uh I just want to know where it's at. And I, I don't think I they'll mean, show a trailer guys, or anything like that. But Are you guys yeah. convinced necessarily that the area they show in the trailer is absolutely where we're going to be inhabiting? 100%. Uh, yeah, Howard, okay. said, Howard said that that trailer has, like, hints in it. So okay. the, the, smartest feeding, fan, feeding the, the smartest of Bethesda, Bethesda or Elder Scrolls fans could probably deduce from that trailer where it is at. He likes to get a little Kojima with this stuff. Like he likes to like be like, "Yeah, this is a hint for this." You know, I would 100% guarantee it's that area. Um, Logan, to your dream pie in the sky, I, I I agree with you that if it were to happen, we probably won't get gameplay at all. But do you oh, think there's a sliver not. of a chance? Say this in world where this does happen, and they show the title. Do you think we could get the image of like? Remember when we got the 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 Skyrim image of the guy in the Dovahkiin armor? You think we could mm-hmm. possibly get something like that related to the region if it did happen? I think it would be no. I Just think the title. Be like, I think it would be like a Metroid Prime Four situation where they show a JPEG of a title and everybody cheers. God, I would really want. Oh, I really <laughs> want like an animated environment behind the title of like the region. That'd be dope. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that game is just so. So, so so far away so far out yeah well, my Star- other backup dream was that starfield will appear in some way and they will actually talk about it a little bit i think that game's closer than people think i think that game's like two years out if that's close i think that'll yeah, be i think it's like, like launch window for next gen yeah i don't think it'll be i think it's like 2021 personally. that's a, yeah that's like, a good why, bad why that's where i would place it too um that's it for our but that's sorry no i was just gonna say i think that's 2021 i think elder scrolls is like 2024 <laughs> yeah midway through uh, it'll be like yeah. the Red Dead 2 of next gen, right? That big triple yeah. A that comes out mid gen. Um, that's it for our Bethesda predictions. Thank you, Logan, for joining us once again another year in the books. Hopefully, we get all our dreams answered and our predictions. Logan, can you please let people know where they can find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can find all of my written work uh, over on Dual Shockers, like Jared said at the top of the show. Be sure to follow our coverage as we will be at E3 and playing a lot of games and giving our thoughts and stuff like that. We've always got a good E3 team, and we're even deeper than normal this year, so I'm sure that'll be fun. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter, at moreman12. If you want to, I don't know, follow my terrible tweets or whatever the heck. I'm Listening to, to the ramblings on... of a madman. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to spend less time on that terrible website, but feel free to follow me over there if you want. Um, and then other than that, yeah, I think that's about it. Awesome. Yeah, you guys are going to be covering E3, so um, I suggest following Dual Shockers on Twitter as well because you guys tweet out, obviously, all of your stories. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a good way to keep in touch with what you guys are doing. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to have other bonus E3 coverage of other predictions for other conferences. If you can, please go to YouTube, search Controlled Interests, hit the subscribe button. The bell notification lets you know when our videos get uploaded because YouTube's upload algorithm is all messed up. Um, if you can, please go over to iTunes or any other podcast service. 
Uh, follow us there. Leave us a review on iTunes. It definitely helps us out in that algorithm of moving up. It's all about algorithms, guys. Uh, and if you can't go over to Twitter, uh, CTRLINT, that's Controlled Interest Abbreviated, you can follow there, tweeting out all of the podcasts, all of the wacky video game related tweets I put out. Uh, you can follow me personally at Jared underscore. You can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos. And you can follow Jordan at Malamotus. Uh, yeah, look forward to E3 2019. Hopefully, we'll have Logan back next year and other podcasts throughout the year. Thank you again for joining us, Logan. Yeah, no problem. Catch you guys next time. Bye.